What's up, Atlanta? This is Samantha. I go by Sam. What's up, y'all? This is Tanner. I just go by Tanner. And so this is our first podcast. Um, cheers, cheers to that. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and I have to say, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm a little bit nervous because of first podcast jitters, but I'm mostly excited because um, I know this is going to have a lot of potential. Our first three episodes are going to be focusing on voting, um, but it's because, you know, our mission here is to, you know, cut out the confusing shit in life and provide yeah. folks with the resources to be able to cut it, cut out the confusing shit. So, and, and right now that's voting. Absolutely. And that's voting because, I mean, right now in this country, there are three huge problems that <laughs> if we could just deal with one, but no, <laughs> we've got COVID-19, um, we've got a recession, and we have social injustice. I mean, in no particular order, but these are the three huge things that are really dominating everything in life. I know definitely in mine. Yeah, and I keep forgetting too that these three things are all happening at once. I feel like one day is a COVID day, the next day it could be a recession day, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's they're all happening at once. And, and so that's why these first three, we're gonna be talking about voting and how your vote will impact these three things, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So um, can't stress it enough, voting is going to be key. And of course our podcast isn't only going to focus on political or social political or social injustice, um, but with this being the kind of temperature of, of 2020, we would be remiss if we didn't really, really talk about them exactly. in relation to Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and let's so, dive in. Yeah, let's do it. So today, um, I decided we should just get caught up on the economy with uh, with everything else that's going on um, and how it's impacting the economy. Absolutely. So I, that's a good segue into really talking about unemployment rates and what it looks like now. Uh, you know, how are Americans working if they're working during the pandemic exactly? Yeah. So actually, that's a really good thing to start off with. I know we have been kind of programmed to hear unemployment rates and then judge how the economy is doing based off the unemployment rates. And so yeah. I think it's important to let folks know that that's not always the best way to judge what's going on just because of how those things are defined. I mean, right now we're in a period where a lot of those short term layoffs have turned permanent. And then yeah. folks who are already long-term unemployed have flat out stopped looking for work because work isn't available. And so when that happens, you have a drop in your labor force participation rate. And so for all you econ majors out there, I know you guys know exactly what that means, but pretty much when people stop looking for work, they are no longer counted in unemployment. Um, and they're no longer counted in our unemployment rates because they're not a part of the labor force anymore. Which is absolutely crazy because people typically stop working, stop looking for work because jobs aren't hiring, i.e. a recession. Exactly. And so when you're no longer a part of that labor force category, you're not considered unemployed and therefore you're not considered eligible for a lot of the benefits 
that are out there for folks who are <laughs> who fall under the technical definition of unemployed. And and so I think many Americans are either in this bucket or are about to be in this bucket because when you lose your job, your lifestyle changes. You might have yep. to move out further out somewhere, you might have to move in with family. And yeah. in some cases, you might even be in danger of becoming homeless. And I think we all know any of those changes can affect your ability to find a new job. Yeah, and the really sad thing is that none of this is uncommon. This is a very, very common thing. Um, and let's let's remember unemployment in Atlanta is at 9% right now. But as you alluded to earlier, that's not capturing the total number of people who are not working in general um, or even folks who are underemployed. Yes. Yeah. So I should mention when this all popped off earlier in the spring, unemployment shot up to around 14, 15 percent. And in some places yeah. it was higher, some places it was lower. But you're right. As the summer has went on, I know some people have gone back to work, but some people really have just stopped working and have taken on other responsibilities um, because we're in a situation right now where everybody's being reshuffled. And you know what? I think that reshuffling is something that's been going on since 2008. And, you know, our government has has claimed that unemployment's been going down and everything's getting better. But as I mentioned, that labor force group has also shrunk too. So of course, that's unemployment goes down, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all around the country and definitely here in Atlanta, the hardest hit industries are hospitality and service. Um, service, they're renaming it to leisure. Yes. Leisure, <laughs> that's a new thing. Sounds but better. I, it, sounds, it sounds fancier, but really that's folks that work at restaurants and gyms and salons or drive Ubers or Lyfts, you know, blue collar jobs. Those are the hardest hit industries. Yes. And really since 2008, but yeah. definitely during the pandemic. Oh, definitely. Because you know what? I'm glad you said that because that's also a group that's seen the most stagnant wages as well. I mean, that's an industry that mm. relies on that minimum wage concept, which hasn't changed mm. since 2008. But two, I saw earlier this week that other sectors like construction and manufacturing and transportation were also hit. We don't want to leave those folks out, but definitely hospitality and leisure took the biggest hit. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, they've had the most stagnant wages over the last decade because this is a group that nationally makes 17 an hour. Okay, so, you know, you've got to think like California and New York. In Georgia, that number is lower. Okay, so you're sitting anywhere between 10 and 14 an hour, depending on where you live in the state. And these jobs are worked on a more part-time basis. So you're talking about 25 hours a week-ish. So that's like, that's $700 a check when you do the math. And that's just, it's unthinkable. I mean, here in Georgia, it takes $1,300 a check just to get by, especially around Atlanta, if you're talking about the cost of living and, and renting an apartment. I mean, our own government and banking institutions recommend you only spend a third of your paycheck on housing 
And here in Atlanta, that's a minimum of seventeen <laughs> to twenty dollars an hour, working forty hours a week. So I mean, none of this is adding up, and this is pre-pandemic stuff. Yeah, you know? I have to laugh at that spend a third your check thing because I remember <laughs> even my poor econ teacher, she was great, but she told us that. And I'm I'm in a position now where I'm probably in the cheapest housing I could find in the city. You know, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. And I don't, right. I, I'm not in that third of my check on housing category, you know? And I think most people are, and, and you're right. That's something that has already been an issue. It was an already existing gap. And switching gears a little bit, I know folks uh, talk about how the stimulus checks were more money. You know, the, this group of people was were getting more money than they would have been working. They should be fine. But you guys just heard the math. Keep the math in mind. Even with the $600 unemployment checks that folks were getting weekly, that's $1,200 a month. And and we just stated that you need to be making at least $13 a check to get by comfortably in a basic two-bedroom apartment. No kids. You're not taking care of anybody else. You don't have any other bills. And we know we all got other bills, you know? Yes, that's so very true. And it's also just noting side note as a former hairstylist and former waitress, that waitresses in the state of Georgia get $2 and change an hour and survive on tips. So in a world where people aren't going out to eat, (laughs) people are becoming stingy industries. Exactly. I mean, not even that. I mean, I haven't eaten out since March. Yeah. You know, so I know I'm not the only one who's buying food and who who's going out to eat at restaurants and who's leaving tips like it's just it it doesn't cut the mustard no so, i mean saying twelve hundred dollars is more than what people is making and and harping on that to me is just devastating that people weren't making that much money and living you know to be able to live in the first place well and you know and you know what i, I we should also mention too that congress specifically the senate let those benefits expire over a month ago and yes. to top it all off you also hear about folks and this is a long-standing um stereotype but you hear that you know folks have been abusing the pandemic uh you know unemployment relief but i just found out this past weekend that specifically with with unemployed black people that only 13%, only 13% of unemployed black workers even received unemployment during the pandemic anyway. So what are the other 87% of unemployed black workers doing? You know, like what? And I know in Georgia too, that number is between 10 and 20% of unemployed people in general receive benefits. So again, overall, what are the other 80% doing that never even got the benefits in the first place? Such a good question. And I mean, it's all very, very, I mean, we're at a tipping point. At this point, the CARES Act, that money that we're even talking about, the stimulus checks have expired and folks aren't receiving them. Folks who are not working because of the pandemic. And so now we've got uh, this really, we're at this critical time in this country where where folks aren't able to pay their rent and their bills and eviction is looming and we've got this heroes act that's passed that passed several months ago 
um, in the House of Representatives, but Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, won't even allow it to go to the vote. So, um, for the Heroes Act and an upcoming yeah, episode. and that that is so crazy to me. Like <laughs> I told you this before, it's not an obstruction of that wasn't an obstruction of justice, but that has to be obstruction of something <laughs> because. For you to be so stubborn and hard-headed about something that you won't even let it be voted on is ridiculous right. to me. And you know, the the Congress has gone on recess a couple of times since then, and, and nothing has really moved. And so we, we definitely need to cover that. But let's not forget, you know, it's not a, just a national thing. It's a state and local thing, too. Because as I said before, in the state of Georgia, at least, folks up that control unemployment and all that excluded 80% of folks 80% of unemployed folks from even receiving the benefits wow. in the first place so what wow. is the like what is the point if only a fraction of a fraction of folks even got the money anyway you know and, and right. as we mentioned earlier too this disproportionately affected black people who became unemployed right. so it makes me wonder okay how is our leadership at any level helping anyone? You know, like what, like, how, I don't know. I'm kind of running into like, okay, so what's the tangible things that they are doing here, you know? Uh, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a good place. Let's dive into that. Let's look at kind of our two presidential candidates, Trump and Biden. What are their economic plans, their strategies to get us out of this? I mean, Trump doled out a pandemic tax cut and you can't see my hair. <laughs> um, but tax, yes. cut is an actual tax. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Yes, 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 yes. It is literally just a pausing of paying your taxes. It doesn't make sense. So the president has issued a tax deferral for our payroll taxes. So monies that would typically go to Medicare and Medicaid, um, excuse me, Social Security and Medicare, you know, services that um, help fund or help pay people who cannot work because of either chronic illnesses or, or injuries and or people who are retired and need additional funds to make to make it um those services are what we pay into in our pay for our pay, in our payroll taxes so he's actually pausing that money which is on average i think about a hundred dollars to 120 dollars for most folks he's pausing those you won't have to pay those until january 1st 2021 yeah so it just yeah, doesn't so make sense it doesn't make sense by that um the taxes aren't forgiven you're just going to have to pay them in january on top of the taxes that are actually due in january um so literally the way it's set up is that come january 1st you'll have double the amount of payroll taxes, which is ridiculous. And two, I just realized talking to you about this, that this doesn't even help folks who don't have a job. Because if you don't have a job, you're not paying payroll taxes you're anyway. Not, <laughs> you're not, you don't have a payroll to be taxed. Yes. yes. And not only that, I mean, you wanna, you wanna give me this big ass bill at the beginning of January after- When I am my brokest. Season, I mean, the brokest, I have so many nieces. 
<laughs> oh my god yes and i should mention too that there's a caveat with this and that is companies and employers have have the decision to either opt in or opt out um which sucks because i would love to have a choice in this but it's up to who i work for but basically you know if your if your employer says i want to participate um you might want to start stocking some money back uh because like i said you're not going to be taxed on it now but come january 1st we're all you're you're going to get a bill (laughs) yes i am absolutely going to be opting out if my employer is not i'm gonna have to take that money and put it in a savings account that i don't get to save i have to pay back it just doesn't make sense did i mention go vote (laughs) on november 3rd yes no exactly because i should mention too that trump what trump has made public about his economic strategies revolves around these phony tax breaks anyway okay yeah yeah, and let's be fair and, and again really dig into the, the presidential candidate's economic strategy. Yeah, so can you talk a little bit more about uh Yeah, so l- yeah, we should be fair. So both Biden and Trump use infrastructure as a centerpiece to jumpstart the economy, which for me doesn't okay. mean anything because I'm pretty sure I heard Bush, Obama, and Trump say that all before <laughs> and nothing's really changed. Um but what's interesting about this is that Biden is infusing climate reform into his infrastructure policies, um, which is really awesome to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just think Roosevelt's New Deal, but focusing on green jobs. I yeah, no. And, and all in all, like I said, Trump's plan is really just a bunch of random tax bills that we haven't really gotten too many details on. And so that that's kind of weird. But yeah. I'm excited about yeah, that. And I mean, honestly, considering um, over the next decade, many blue collar jobs are going to be fading away. I mean, you think about the self checkout line at the grocery store or the future of autonomous vehicles that will be delivering our packages, replacing um, folks who are currently driving those vehicles. I mean, over the next 20 years, it's going to look totally different we're not going to have many of these blue collar jobs and we are going to have to have some sort of system in place to replace these jobs and let's replace them with jobs that actually give people living wages and then no more of this (laughs) yes but and see uh, with trump's proposed tax cuts he hasn't even specified who and we all know the last tax cuts (laughs) went to wealthy americans Yes, and added over $2 trillion to the national debt and gave more money to the super wealthy like Jeff Bezos and the Walton family who own Walmart. And see, I remember folks were really getting on Barack Obama for getting, you know, contributing to our debt. But the $2 trillion really was a an exponential increase in something that was already bad. And see, Biden... Biden has proposed tax increases, which sounds scary. I know I don't want my taxes going up, especially now, but it's only going to be by a few percentage points. And to top it all off, 93% of the tax burden would be paid by Americans making $400,000 or more a year. 
that's some ching <laughs> and just translate it into I can't <laughs> into normal people talk. That's sixteen. That's sixteen. One six thousand dollars a paycheck. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> so that's a sixteen thousand dollars a paycheck. So if you're not making sixteen grand a paycheck, you don't have to worry. These tax cuts will likely not. Yeah. Touch you. And then you know Biden's also proposed. He's got a whole plan, economic plan. Um, but one of the things that spoke to me uh, was that he's planning on, uh, or he's got a proposed eight thousand dollar tax credit for childcare. And being of a childbearing age, <laughs> you know, get the constant question when when we have a kid. I mean, mm. not for nothing. I know someone with two kids, um, both under the age of five, and they're they're paying this couple's paying over. Four thousand dollars a month in childcare. Yeah, that. What? That doesn't make sense. Don't ask me <laughs> about having no kids if you're not talking about what to do with these kids yep. when I have to work. Yep. Like, and see, I know a lot of folks who not only have kids but work in that hospitality group that could really benefit mm -hmm. from. An extra eight thousand dollars in tax credits for childcare. Because you're right, it is it is crazy expensive. Even if you get the cheap in your neighborhood, you know, or like it's still expensive. It's still a huge chunk of money. It's so expensive. So yeah, no, definitely. And it's that's so why expensive. I think this is a time where, when we go to the polls, we really should keep our hospitality and leisure workers in mind because this is a group who supports America in so many ways. And now we really need to step up and, and vote in a way that supports them. That's so true. The work that blue collar Americans add, do, the work that they do, it just adds so much value to our yeah. country. And they're amongst our lowest. Yeah, state. no, and, and see, and, <laughs> That's why I'm kind of can get excited about some climate and, and infrastructure reform because those provide the better paying jobs that not only prepare us for a, a more technologically advanced future, but a more yeah. um, climate resilient future too. That's so true. And it also it could increase salaries for Americans that are otherwise working low wage jobs and, and whose jobs are quickly exactly and see making that possible requires taxing the one percent who i want to add before anybody gets on me about taxing the one percent i just want to put it in perspective this is a group of folks mm -hmm. who made 637 billion dollars since the pandemic started in march damn that's like Jeff Bezos. Wait, my math's wrong. He just he did just hit two. <laughs> That's like three plus Jeff Bezos. Yes. That's insane. That's so much money. You mean since the, the pandemic started in March? That's no, it is. Money. And so that's why that's why with this episode, I just want to end it with when you go to vote, please keep the economy in mind. You know, we we have been in working in a system that hasn't working and this pandemic and this recession has kind of exposed that so please vote yeah. in november vote with the economy in mind yes vote with vote with the economy in mind because it's really the most important thing 
and the best way to really equalize you know, yeah. the resources that this country exactly. has for sure yeah so before we head out i, I can't uh let everyone leave without um really plugging our social media it really does kind of coexist and work hand in hand with our podcast we're gonna have some really great information um filled with good maps and charts and just take all this information that you hear and make it much easier to digest so definitely check us out on instagram facebook and twitter at official what's up atlanta that's official w-a-s-s-e-p <laughs> atlanta spelled out <laughs> and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform uh, we'll be posting more information on how to vote throughout the week and really until election day um, on those social media pages. So definitely check yeah, that out. Yeah, and you know, I want to say too a big thank you to our fact finders. Um, yes, there are some folks out here who still use facts, um, but without you know these folks, a lot of our episode would have been a big old question mark. So that it that's you know Bureau of Labor Statistics, USA Facts, and the National Low Income Housing coalition for sure and thank you to everyone for listening and supporting us for our first podcast um tell a friend to tell a friend and let them know we're out yes there. and like uh like she said we've got um two other podcasts coming down the pipeline and look out for uh new episodes after that every monday Woo-hoo. all right y'all until next time peace